This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. Bernie has already won the ideas primary. For that, we turn to Robert Borisage. He created a range of progressive organizations, including most recently the Campaign for America's Future, Progressive Majority, and ProgressiveCongress.org. He guided the Institute for Policy Studies for nearly a decade. His articles have been published by Reuters, The Huffington Post, The Washington Post, and The New York Times. And he's a longtime contributing editor at The Nation. Bob Borisage, welcome back. My pleasure. Well, Bernie is coming under furious attack by the Democratic Party establishment. What do you mean when you say Bernie has already won the ideas primary? What is the ideas primary? <laughs> the ideas primary is a, is a phrase that the nation actually dubbed, which is the competition among uh, candidates early to define themselves and their agenda and present that to the American people. And what happened in this year's ideas primary is there's no question that Sanders, with the assistance of Elizabeth Warren, uh, really defined the issues uh, and the debate for the Democratic Party. The moderates and centrists really have spent their time responding to the Sanders agenda, not Medicare for all, but Medicare for all who choose or it's a little too extreme and we can do it. We can do that, but we have to get there more slowly. But what's stunning is Sanders has put basic large ideas, Medicare for all, tuition-free college, taking on the trade accords, taxes on the rich, et cetera, and has made them really almost consensus positions among the candidates, even as they try to distinguish themselves as more moderate or less extreme than uh, Bernie himself. Well, let's, let's look at some of the specifics here. We don't see just kind of a differences of opinion, but this this furious uh, hostility, uh, I was struck by New York Times uh, op-ed columnist Tom Friedman, who wrote last week, now this is a, a Democrat writing, quote, Bernie Sanders wants to take away the private health coverage of 150 million Americans and replace it with a gigantic untested Medicare for all program, which he'd also extend to illegal immigrants. This is not just saying a public option would be a better interim solution. This is really an all-out attack, isn't it? Well, it's both an all-out attack and, if you ask Friedman what his position is, it would be for a public option, which he used to not support (laughs) as a transition to Medicare for all. The all-out attack is certainly true. Uh, As soon as Sanders started the surge, the establishment of the party and the deep pockets of the party made it clear this is totally unacceptable. And the level of hysteria is growing. And so I think you're going to see these attacks on Sanders. You've already started to see them get more and more hysterical, more and more extreme, both in the mainstream media and from the other candidates, and particularly from the Democratic establishment, the operatives and the grifters and the the kind of pros who define the Democratic Party, who have a lot to lose if an insurgent like Bernie Sanders uh, gets the nomination and and, uh, starts to take over the party. The other thing we hear from the establishment Democrats is that Bernie's campaign is raising false hopes because even if the Democrats win the White House and regain control of the Senate, Congress is not going to pass any of Bernie's programs. We're not going to get Medicare for all, and it's very dangerous to promise this to young Americans. God forbid we give anybody hope. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But the irony of that to me is 
of all of the candidates, Sanders is the most grimly realistic. That is, you know, Biden says the way he's going to get his minuscule agenda passed is that Republicans will have an epiphany when he's elected <laughs> and will start to cooperate with them, which they certainly did with the uh, Obama administration where he was vice president, where they blocked <laughs> literally everything. Klobuchar says she's got experience working across the aisle and she can get bipartisan bills done. That's certainly belied by everything Mitch McConnell has done over the last years. What Sanders said is, look, these are programs, you know, private health care, the pharmaceutical industry, the military industrial complex. We have these priorities because deeply entrenched interests are behind them. And the only way to change that is not simply electing a president, but creating a citizens, aroused citizens movement that forces politicians either to change their position, get out of the way or uh, get beat. And so he's argued you've got to build a political revolution, that is a movement that keeps building after the election and puts immense force on the Congress and forces them to change positions. That's you know hard to do. It's a formidable task, but it is surely much more realistic than waiting for Republicans to have an epiphany. And they also say Bernie can't win because he's a socialist and Americans don't like socialism. Well, I think one of the ironies of the Sanders campaign is that As he keeps running from 2016 now, he's got first he's got the whole millennial generation, a majority of them liking socialism, and he's making it more and more popular. But the reality is, you know, Sanders is not a take over the the heights of the economy, uh, nationalize everything socialist. He's basically, in European terms, a social democrat. And his, his agenda is the unfinished agenda of Franklin Roosevelt, healthcare for all, jobs, affordable housing, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so this is an incredibly popular agenda piece by piece. And I think people are, uh, no doubt, Republicans and Sanders opponents, uh, you're going to hear an awful lot about Sanders being a communist. You've already got Chris Matthews saying that there's going to be executions and public parks. (laughs) I mean, unbelievable nonsense. But I think people are, I don't think people are comfortable with the label socialist, but I think they are going to get more and more comfortable with the elements of Sanders' program. Well, we have managed not to talk about Michael Bloomberg thus far, the personification of big money in politics and of the the Wall Street wing of the Democratic Party. He's okay with gay rights. He fights the gun lobby. He supports environmental organizations. He's for a public option on, on health care. Recently, he says equality is his major focus, getting uh, redressing inequality, which is sort of hilarious. Uh, yeah, and he, he said just in the last week or two, he's for more financial regulation of the big banks and, and uh, <laughs> Wall Street. We are laughing because this hasn't been his position in the past. On the other hand, there's this new poll we're speaking here on Tuesday afternoon that has Bloomberg in second place nationally among Democratic voters. Bernie, 31 Bloomberg 19, Biden 15, Warren 12. Is this going to work for Bloomberg? Two things about that. One is Bloomberg's uh, new positions are a sign of how much Sanders has dominated the ideas primary. Bloomberg finds it necessary to tack to the Sanders uh, position rather than hold the positions that he's held for the last uh, 50 years of his life. The second thing about it is we don't really know what happens when somebody's prepared to spend and does spend half a billion, a billion dollars. I mean, he's spent $350 million and he hasn't even been in a primary yet. 
it 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 clearly is having effect in the polls. We'll see how uh, how he survives once he's uh, he's in the next debate. I understand part, partly is the power of his money, and uh, we'll see how he survives once he's uh, an actual candidate. But it it does seem frighteningly likely that that he is about to consolidate the quote unquote center right position of the Democratic Party and and be in that lane against Sanders or Warren, and it increasingly looks like Sanders as the uh, carrying the progressive banner. So you think we're going to end up with a choice between Bernie and Bloomberg? That that certainly is sort of represents the two wings of the Democratic Party right now. <laughs> it's It's terrifying to think that that's where we would end up. Bloomberg's rise in the polls, I think, is quite stunning. On the other hand, if you are in any of these states, California, Texas, Florida, you can't watch a television set without seeing a Bloomberg ad. We've really never seen any kind of spending like this ever. And so does it have an effect to an inattentive public? Sure, apparently the polls show that. Will it have an effect to voters once they start to pay attention and decide who they're going to vote for in the primary? That remains to be seen. Robert Borisage, his new article is What We Already Owe to Bernie Sanders. You can read it at thenation.com. Bob, thanks so much for talking with us today. My pleasure. Take care now. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.